The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 14. St. Paul writes by divine inspiration, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray now that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Some of you have heard me tell this story before. It's one of my favorite for, for uh, showing the, how the gospel can change a person. About 30 years ago, out in one of the Carolinas, uh, in a rural part of the community, uh, there were two escaped convicts from a local prison that got out, and <clears throat> they ended up going to this woman's farmhouse, and she was an elderly single woman, and uh, they held her hostage for about three days. One of the prisoners finally left and took off and was later apprehended. But um, the other prisoner asked the woman finally to uh, call the authorities and turn himself in. And when reporters came out to interview her about the situation and what it was like to be held hostage for three days, uh, they said, what caused this change in this man? And she said, well, I found out that he had been brought up as a Christian when he was a little child, and I just began reading the Bible to him. I began reading Bible stories to him and talking to him about Christianity and reminding him of the things that he had learned. And he suddenly had a real change of heart. He became very penitent about his sins. I reminded him again about Jesus' forgiveness, and then he asked me to call and, and turn him in. It's interesting that the gospel can have such a powerful effect on a person's mind and heart and attitude. And uh, those of us maybe who've grown up in the faith and uh, just maybe lived in it our whole lives, wouldn't it be interesting to observe ourselves, yourself, if you'd never ever learned the gospel, if you never believed that? What kind of person might you be? Uh, how might you look at life differently? How might you look at so many things in life differently? When the gospel enters a person's heart, it, it creates a new perspective on life. It, it makes us look at life in a different way. Jesus says, as we just sang that uh, idea in the hymn as well, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
And when the, the life-giving fluid of the gospel coming from heaven itself through Christ to us through his word and sacraments, when that enters a person's heart and we now become a branch connected to the vine of Christ, it also goes down into the grapes. It also produces the fruit in the lives of a Christian. And that's what Paul is talking about. Listen to how he describes it. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. He uses an interesting Greek word, compels us. Uh, the word compel in the Greek means that it's kind of like someone giving you a hug and holding you and controlling you in a good way, for a positive way. Now that we know God through Christ and what it means for us, the gospel hugs us and, and holds us and controls how we look at life and, and how we understand things and, and how we go about things. The love of Christ, he says, compels us, not in a negative way, but it provides structure to our thinking. It provides structure to, to how we interact with people and with one another. Now, let's be very clear, the primary purpose of the gospel is for you and me to get to heaven, that Christ has taken care of for every one of us. But the gospel also carries with it these earthly changes that take place in people's lives and hearts as well. The, the gospel causes us to look at life differently and maybe look at our purpose and value in life in a slightly different way. Listen to what he says. Those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. As a believer in Christ, we realize life isn't about me. Life isn't just about what I can do and what I can get out of my life. It's now about my Savior. It's about following him and loving him and serving others with the same wonderful knowledge of, of how he has come to serve us. That's why St. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He didn't say, for me to live is me, for me to live is Christ. The Christian life now in this world is about Christ. It's about how that same wonderful love he's shown us can come out of us to others. Wouldn't it have been interesting to be one of Zacchaeus's neighbors? Maybe one of the people that he originally kind of ripped off in, uh, when he came to collect taxes and to suddenly have him come back to the door and, and apologize to you for that and ask your forgiveness and bring back more money than he had ever taken from you to give that back. Just think what kind of response there probably was in the people that knew him to be this greedy, self-centered person to now have him come and, and react like that. There's an old Norwegian hymn writer from the 1800s named Magnus Landsted, and he writes this, When Jesus comes, O blessed story, he works a change in heart and life. God's kingdom comes with power and glory to young and old, to man and wife. That's a great line. He works a change in heart and life. And the gospel causes us to look at fellow human beings differently. Notice what Paul says. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. He says about himself, I used to look at Christ that way. I used to look at him as just this faulty teacher who was teaching something 
Paul thought different than what the Old Testament Pharisaical laws were about. But he said, now that he'd come to faith, I look at Christ in a whole different way. And he says, from now on, we, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. The believer now should not be looking at people based upon their political affiliation, their skin color, their language, how they dress, how they talk. We should look at everyone as a blood-bought soul, someone worthy of the blood of the Lamb of God to pay for their sins to go to heaven. My dad used to remind us as kids, he used to say, remember anybody you react with and talk to during the day, you might be sitting across from them at the banquet feast in heaven someday. Treat them that way in this life as well. The gospel also creates in the heart of the believer a desire for others to be reconciled to God. Think about the woman at the well when Jesus talks to her about her immoral life and all the husbands she'd had and, and then talks to her about himself being the water of life and the great forgiveness that he brings. We're told she left her water jar, went back to town and said to people, come and see. It, Jesus didn't have to say to her, go back to town and tell people to come out and meet me. She just did it. It just, it just came out of her. Once you come to know the gospel, it, it, builds, it brings with it and builds into it a, a motivation for other people to want to know about what Christ has done as well. You can see it in the jailer at Philippi. The next verse after he's converted, he's, in, he's bringing Paul and Silas to his house to talk to his wife and kids and has them baptized immediately, we're told, right after all of this. And you can see this sometimes in brand new adult converts, brand new believers. They're often so excited about the gospel. Sometimes they haven't even heard about evangelism yet. They haven't had heard any passages yet about go and make disciples. They're doing it already. Martin Luther used to say that, that, the, that faith alone in Christ is what saves us, but the faith in, us, in Christ is never alone. It automatically brings with it activity. And the gospel produces uh, people that want to bring the gospel to others as well. I love the word reconciliation that's in our text. It means that from God's perspective, he has done the work of putting us back into a good relationship with him. Notice it had nothing to do with you and me. God did it all through Christ, and he brings it to you in your baptism. He gives it to you in his word and sacrament, that reconciliation that everything has been made peaceful between you and this holy God because of what Christ has done. And when you know the joy and comfort of that reconciliation with God, you automatically want other people to know about it as well. And sad to say there are many people in this world who are unaware of that wonderful reconciliation that's taken place. They live in fear of God. They live in fear of dying. There are people that come to this campus who, are, who don't know about that or who've forgotten about it. And what a blessing it is for us to be the ones to be able to let them know about that. Paul says, God has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And then one of my passages in the whole Bible concludes this, favorite passages in the whole Bible concludes this text. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness, that means the perfect holiness of God in him. One thing I just want you to notice as we close here, and that is this. Notice that all of the activity 
that Paul is talking about, how we look at people, how it changes people's lives, uh, the ministry of reconciliation, all of that. Notice it's all, all driven by the gospel. God doesn't have to come and threaten his church to do things. He doesn't have to lay it on people's consciences and, and force them into doing things. He just loves it out of us. He just loves it out of our hearts by the wonderful things that he's done for us through our Savior. Thanks be to him. Amen.